remind you, 007, that Blofeld's dead. Finished. The least we can expect from you now is a little plain, solid work. Welcome back to Minute 16 of the 007 Minute, where each and every other day we go over one minute of one of the greatest Sean Connery-era James Bond movies, the 1971 Guy Hamilton-directed feature, Diamonds Are Forever. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm host number two, Mark Cerulli of Illuminar.tv. And James Bond is back-to-back. We've got David DeVries back-to-back. Uh, everybody's here in the house, yes. <laughs> we're, we're having a nice nice day in Dover watching uh, uh, Mr. Franks driving that pretty nice uh, – that, that is a nice little muscle car for a British car, the, the, uh, the Triumph Stag. Uh, pulling up and about to do the old switcheroo. Yeah. He gets out of the he gets out of the car. One of the things I want to point out, you know, one of the one of the advantages of looking at a movies by minute, frame by frame, is there's a sign on the wall of uh, Her Majesty's Custom Service there, and it's a warning to travelers. I did not know about this, but at the time, you were not allowed to take more than twenty five pounds in cash out of the country. Uh, that you, well, that's a spot you face, of bother, isn't it? You faced a fine of five. <laughs> thousand pounds uh if you took more than 25 pounds out i mean they really wanted you to keep keep the money in the uh, that was a time where uh, where the taxes uh if you were wealthy in england oh, the taxes were insane that's why all the movie yeah. stars including sean moved out you know he, he moved yeah. to spain yeah, John Lennon, like, i'm not his, paying this yeah uh, just an interesting thing. Uh, I just checked the uh, current rate is you're not allowed to take more than 10,000 euros uh, out of out of the country. That's an EU uh, uh, standard that you can't move move more than ten thousand euros. So whatever the pound uh, conversion is, and uh, you still face that five thousand uh, pound uh, penalty if you take that much out of the country. Well, now back in nineteen seventy one, twenty five. I think the pound was probably closer to around Two four. Bucks. No, 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 it was it was, it was a lot more than that. It was like more like four or five dollars. Yeah. Wow. It was that was before they they uh went to base ten. It was still yeah, shillings um, and pence and all that. Yeah. Base twelve. Yeah. Twenty two shillings, sixpence yeah. or whatever. So it was it was between four and five dollars, if I'm not incorrect. Yeah, so that's I, yeah, that's they, they so basically you couldn't take more than a uh, hundred hundred yeah, hundred bucks out of the country. hundred bucks. Which is really kind of strange. I mean, I guess people didn't stay for I I guess did how did they rent a hotel for a week? I don't know. I don't know because this is really kind of pre uh MasterCard visa as yeah, well, yeah, you know. Right I mean, clear, uh, but just uh you write a bank check or I don't it's very odd. Anyway, it was maybe, maybe it was tra- it was a traveler's check day maybe. You maybe you have to have traveler's checks. Hmm, could be yeah, it, I mean specifically the prohibitions are for uh cash or sterling or you know basically you're not taking any printed notes. You couldn't take pound notes or sterling, but I guess yeah, the travelers check. And the phrase, thus, thus the phrase, sound is the pound. <laughs> <laughs> they don't mention anything about diamonds, so maybe that's just not that illegal. It depends where you smuggle them. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is that, that uh, you know, Lois comes out and has this little scene with James, mm. but she doesn't actually do anything. She doesn't give him, like, a document. She doesn't... She gives him her, the, passport. the passport. Yeah, the, the altered... Oh, is that what she does? Your passport's in order or something. Yeah. But I don't think we see her actually. Hold on, let oh, me look. Yeah, yeah, she's up around twenty uh, second twenty five. She, She'll be saying that your passport. She comes out in the in the in the Her Majesty's Customs outfit. Yeah, 
great look to her too. She's really sharp in that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, that uh, and nice seeing her out of the office too. Yeah, that was uh, that. I think that was maybe a first on this one, right? Yeah, yeah. She's mostly. I mean, mm-hmm. well, she did go when uh, you only live twice. She did go on the submarine, but that was she was still being a secretary, right. and <laughs> that was a great. We'll have to talk about that when we get when we get up to twice. That's a. That's one of my favorite scenes. Oh, is this before uh, you only live twice? No, this is after. after. This is, yeah, this is the final. Quit after twice, he had had enough, and then they did uh, Honor Majesties with George Lazenby, and then they lured Connery back with a with a, a very generous uh, offer. You know, one point two million, which back then was I- I- insane money, and then uh, he could uh, uh, they would finance, uh, I think, three movies. Any three movies he wanted. Oh wow! And what what, what were those movies? Uh, wait. Um, the Offense was one of them, directed by Sidney Lumet. Mm. And uh, I there might there might have been one more. I don't think they made all three. I think it was uh, the Offense was definitely one. And uh, I'm sure we'll be corrected by one of our listeners <laughs> shortly. Yes. Yes. Like like right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, one of the things I wanted to point out in this is uh, Sean does believe he has a good side. He has a uh, well, I think you know the outside is probably is <laughs> part of Sean. He looks anyway, but he prefers to be shot from the right. And this uh, this is one of those scenes where he definitely he likes turning to the right and uh, and looking at the camera that way. Well, and it's interesting because in the previous minute, doesn't um, doesn't the car pull up in the opposite direction and then get turned around? Uh, the camera gets turned around. He actually pulls. He pulls across the lane, oh. and, uh, and so he's uh, he's actually being uh, responded to from it, it, the the cameras cross the axis. So now we're looking at him uh, from the other side of the car. Interesting. But yeah, I just and I wonder if they did that just so they could get Sean's good side. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. I don't. I don't know how insistent he was on that. Not as uh, the the fellow that I know that is v- extremely insistent on that was uh, Glenn Ford. If you watch Glenn Ford movies, Glenn had been uh, kicked by a horse in during a filming of a western and had uh, some severe scars on the right hand side of his face. And if you watch his movies after, say, about 1954, most of the time he will uh, keep the left side of his face toward the camera. And he hardly he you hardly ever see the other side of his face, and it's just one of those things. Once you know it, every time you see a Glenn Ford movie, you're like, oh yeah, there's the left side of his, and there's the left side of his face again, and there, you know. So it it it's just one of those things that uh, he was very insistent on it, um, right up to uh, if you watch the nineteen, I did not know that the nineteen seventy eight Superman movie where he plays Pa Kent. Yeah, he's fabulous in that, and he's talking, and he is on the right hand side of the screen, looking to the right, and you, all you see is the left hand side of his face. As, uh, I I remember hearing, I, I heard, first heard about that when I was a kid, and when I saw Glenn Ford, I was like, oh, and I saw him in Superman, I thought. Oh, maybe he won't do it this time. No, he did, and he <laughs> he does it very pronounced. So. Right, and when he died, when he has the heart attack, he it's yeah. the left side of his face too. <laughs> anyway, it's a just, great. Just, it's a great heart attack scene. One of the best. It is. It is. He just he just uh, checks his. He checks. Sit up there with uh, Don Corleone's. Uh, yeah, no, no tomato though. No. <laughs> but yeah, no, he does. He does a great thing where he like he checks his pulse on his wrist and he goes, "Oh no," and then falls over, just collapses. Yeah, I, you know, they say that uh, – I'm luckily, I don't know this from firsthand experience, but you get this pain in your left arm. 
And I think it's more like, I don't know whether he's checking his pulse, but he feels that pain. And I yeah. remember I had an uncle who, who died of a heart attack and, uh, and they said that he was clutching his left arm because it just, it feels like, you know, needles are being stuck into your left oh. arm. And so that's, when I saw that, I totally recognized that as being a truthful kind of acting moment for, for him. And it's just, and the, just the subtlety of him just kind of going, Ah, yeah, die. he's he's such an understated actor. I've always I've always enjoyed him in films, and I I wish he had been uh, used more in different in different roles. He was a fantastic guy, but yeah, um, he's a hidden gem. He was yeah. really um, and and I think that Superman was a, a was a kind of a wake up call to us youngsters at the time. Like, wow, that guy's a good actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, another Mankiewicz script. The, the Tom Mankiewicz wrote, wrote yeah. a lot of the, the, if you laughed at something in Superman, that was probably a, a Tom Mankiewicz line, which. And, and he's co-screenwriter of this one, right? Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I think this, I think this one here where he's, you know, uh, dear old money penny is asking for a diamond in a ring and, Bond says, "How about a tulip?" And she just kind of looks at him and goes, "Yes." And that's just a very sweet moment. And the, yeah. the you know the last Wistful, time, yeah. the last time that Money Penny gets to say goodbye to uh, Sean Connery, James Bond. Yeah. It's a yeah. it's just kind of a poignant thing when you look at it in in hindsight. And she told me that after they did the scene, uh, Connery offered her a ride back to London in his car, and he was actually quite angry with her for doing a movie called Operation Kid Brother, which starred. Connery's brother Neil Connery he just felt it was exploiting him and and she said well Sean you know I I needed the money there were a lot of uh, Bond alumni in that in that uh, Adolfo Celli was in it this wasn't her last Bond movie though was it no 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 she right. went on through yeah. all the moors pretty much yeah she she continued she continued well on and really, you know, that that was her part. It it was difficult when that they added, her, yeah. when they added different money pennies in. It just seemed like wrong. Yeah. Just I mean, it was okay to change out bonds, but you know, money penny was just like something sacred about her. She was very much, mm. you know, the the pining away the the only the only true love bond would ever know. But 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 but, but trust us, uh, it, your fantasy of bond was way better than the reality, Lois. So don't worry about it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Just keep dreaming. That's a very seventies move there with the zoom lens on the hovercraft. Oh, uh, it really is. It's almost like a smash zoom. It's like you're getting on a hovercraft. Here you go. You know how much? How much? But that was well, that was relatively new back then because they always tried to get the most cutting edge technology. Yeah, I mean that was you know, you know if you if you watch something like uh, Easy Rider, which had come out the year before, two years before. Mm-hmm. That that promoted a lot of ideas of smash zooms. This is all part of it. But I'm talking about the the hovercraft. Oh Was yeah, no, the, the, the hover, new... yeah, yeah. That that the one that we're looking at, the Princess Margaret, which is. Uh, Moving out there, that was the original prototype that they finally moved into production. I think in the either sixty nine or seventy. Uh, so here it's seventy one. So this is the latest in British you know, sailing technology. Beautiful ship too. Nice colors. I like the the whole uh, the livery of it is fantastic. The Brit Rail, the British Rail uh, logo on the the vanes there that are pointing out the. Yes, I have a distinct top. memory of seeing the film way back then and thinking, "Wow, that's really cool." I mean, yeah. It was totally cutting edge. Yeah, could hold 250 people, 30 cars. An amazing, amazing way to get across. Huh. And is that, and that is at Dover. That's it. That's at I Dover. I remember right the marketing there. line the Brit Rail used: "Hover over from Dover." <laughs> I always wanted to do it when I lived in England in college, and uh, of course, I never did. With, with your lover, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> just a just a gorgeous thing. I, I I was on it once in the late eighties. It was kind of pricey. I can't remember how much it was, but I, I'm having a feeling it was like sixty dollars. Sixty pounds, Jim. No, I was like, well, no, forty pounds. I would say at the time. Mm. Uh, yeah, a little, little pricey, but uh, well worth it. Just, uh, just to have that experience. I think it, it was enormously fast. It was, it didn't sit on the waves at all. I mean, it just kind of flew. And you were, I mean, it felt like a, it felt like a train. You were just zipping along. Now, could they, could they not? Um sail when it was particularly choppy on the channel don't don't know it's uh i went on a very nice sunny summer day it was it was a beautiful beautiful day to be out you can't the only thing the only downside of it was everything was shut down there the windows didn't open it was you were in a box looking out looking out through the window if they if you ever opened the window all you'd hear would be fan blades i mean it's so it was pretty much like being on an aircraft mm. or i think you had mentioned uh, earlier david it's like being a helicopter you just can't you know the the noise is subdued but it's ever present you just get this rumbly vibration everything vibrated you know if you if you put a a glass down on the in the table they had a little like a snack bar on the thing and it looked like it looked like jurassic park when the tyrannosaurus rex was coming everything would just kind of have a, a ripple through right it. So, yeah well well worth the time I and mean, that was that was basically the water version of the concord if you think about mm, it it's that's true of, uh, an amazing way to get across and uh you know all wiped out by the yeah. channel this has all been busted up and they've built a new set of docks there for um cruise ships cruise ships go out of uh, out of dover now so uh still still making money a different way beautiful moment in time and all of these Bond movies are kind of like snapshots of an era. Right. And we're going to be getting we're getting way ahead of ourselves. But I mean, if you look at Vegas, the the very sparse, you know, wide, spread out Vegas. Yeah, the the strip ends, yeah. and then the uh, you know just miles of open desert, and now that's all been built yeah. over. I mean. Yeah. Uh, well, Jim and I know we actually were getting way ahead of ourselves, but we visited the Slumberon Mortuary, which in the film, it's still there, but in the film, it's it's just, you know, the structure and then open desert. And now it's, you know, uh, there's a restaurant next door and yeah. Actually, we had a pretty good, a pretty good barbecue restaurant when we started the place. Well, and that. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. And they, yeah. they shot all that in. Yeah. Uh, downtown vegas right. or like the old downtown but up. i mean yeah. i don't even know what's a different world oh, wow. i'm noticing there's wow. a woody yeah. in the background on the wow. uh, around second 52 uh oh jim really yeah see it it's it, over <laughs> <laughs> easy uh yeah uh, over to the over to the left of the screen just before they zoom in on the hovercraft thing there's an old uh, wood-sided car i'm assuming i mean i'm sure that british have w wooden versions of but it just looks like an old wooden chevrolet nice view a little post-war uh, uh, make do. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, beautiful. And then if you know, if you notice, if when the hovercraft is is zooming out, somebody's waving from a window. I'm sure they said they're <laughs> filming a James Bond movie. Please, please don't wave. And of course, uh, somebody does. Uh, still a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, no, generally, right. generally a good film. Um, well, David, thank thank you so much for being part of uh, for this. We thank are definitely having this. you back because I know we have many tales to tell. Always a pleasure. Um, coming up and uh yeah. what, what are you working on lately david or we're yeah what a new audio book can can we tell people about yeah i've got a couple of interesting uh projects coming up i am going to be um narrating mila 18 by leon uris which was a uh i don't know if you remember that book but it was originally published i think in 1961 and it was uh, actually an extraction of um, one of the tales that he told in Exodus. 
And he had kind of, Eurus had kind of really hit the big time at this particular point. And it's about the Warsaw ghetto and about the, you know, the, the resistance, the Jewish resistance fighters in, in the Warsaw ghetto. So I'm looking forward to that. I was, I did not read it as a child, but I was a big fan of um, QB7 and another one of his books, Topaz, which I uh, yeah. liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so that was a great movie. Great Alfred Hitchcock movie starring Karen Dorr. From You Only Live Twice, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, there you go. Close crater. And I must say, uh, uh, one great David DeVries on-screen moment, one of my more recent favorite movies, The Accountant. (laughs) Yeah. I just got a residual check yesterday from The Accountant. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Thank you, Mr. Affleck. I was watching – I was was on a a flight to uh, Chicago uh, last summer, and uh, on board was uh, the founder. They were having the founder as part of the in-flight, and I was watching the the little golf image. I'm like, wait a minute. I know that guy. (laughs) And uh, got got to see your your role uh, laughing at – uh, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was a lot of fun. We 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 had a great time. We actually shot that at the East Lake Golf Club, which um, is the was Bobby Jones's home country club. Wow. That's where mm-hmm. he. That's where he was a the the founding member, I guess. And uh, it's a beautiful course. It's where they play the FedEx Cup every year, and uh, you know, and they've got we shot. Um, out on the uh, fairway or out on the tee box of, I can't remember, I think number 10. And then we also shot an interior in the dining room. And, but the interior is gorgeous because it's uh, been lovingly restored and everything. And, uh, and they've got Bobby Jones's two claret jugs from his British open wins and, and uh, you know, cup from the U S open win and all that kind of stuff. So it was really a lot of fun. And, uh, Interesting to work with uh, Keaton yeah. and Laura Dern. Did and you ask uh, Michael Keaton a lot of Batman trivia questions? I did not, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, would be I, a, I, that would be a quick way off the set, I would imagine. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Probably so. But, you know, he is as quirky a, a guy, I think, as as his kind of uh, cinematic essence is. He was a very nice fellow. But, you know, I, I'm keenly aware when, you know, you you come on a set to do uh, your little shtick in, in a supporting role like that. Um, you know, the pressure to, to carry a film like he carries in the founder or, you know, any kind of lead role like that. It's, it's, it's intense. I mean, it's not just no. the workload. It's just the, it's the personal responsibility of kind of fighting to be on top of the script and everything that's going on and, and everybody's pulling at you. And so you give people like that a wide berth because they got a lot more important things to do than, than chit chat with you. Yeah. And it, so. he does, he does pick, you know, um, a little bit off the beaten path. Uh, script. So he, he, does, he does take a risk, it seems like, with, with all of his films. And the the founder was, I was very surprised. I was very entertained by it. And it was very um, unexpected script. The, the script was very it's, deep. It's and, uh, darker yeah. than, than you might imagine. And I was just noticing, I was just watching um, Three Billboards from- Oh, I can't wait uh, to see that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a wonderful movie. She's great. And I noticed right? that Francis McDormand. She's, she's great. Sam Rockwell is amazing. Woody Harrelson is terrific. He was a and it's all New York announcer for a long time. Sam Rockwell. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets an Oscar nod here because it's a it's a wonderful performance. You know, Martin McDonough is is an amazingly imaginative and twisted mind, 
And I, I just really like what he does and what he comes up with is always startling. But I, I noticed that the, the music, the score was written by Carter Burwell and he wrote the score to the founder, which I found particularly interesting because, you know, you kind of think it's going to be one of these captains of industry stories and it's actually the music kind of feeds into this kind of darker noir tale of capitalism and this, this guy who, you know, makes a lot of really questionable choices on his way to some, some level of success. It's, it's a, it's a really interesting movie. I was uh, proud to be part of it. I'm going to be this spring. I'm going to be picking up season two. I shot a Britcom last year called living the dream, which has been airing on sky TV in Britain. It hasn't been, they haven't gotten a distribution deal here in the States yet, but they got picked up for season two, which is usually a, uh, one of the prerequisites to getting a distribution deal in the States. And uh, so I'm going to be reprising my role as the mayor of this fictional town where it takes place nice. uh, for season two. So I'm looking forward to that. It's called well, you have my Living vote. the Dream. Living the, and you are, you are, yeah, you are living the dream there, David. <laughs> well, Thank you. Well, thanks again. Well, we, we, yeah. yeah. Well, Thank you. Well, we'll, de- we'll definitely uh, have you back on again. Uh, for In the meantime, with folks who would like to catch up with previous episodes of our show, go to the big website, uh, 007minute.com, where you can pick up old ones, and we'll be getting new ones out there shortly. Uh, find us on iTunes and Google Play. Also, if you're on iTunes, please leave us a good review. It always helps us uh, find more listeners who might want to hear the show. Also, if you want to uh, talk with us, we are always available on Facebook at uh, Operation Grand Slam. Just look for Operation Grand Slam. People are chatting about this all the time. Or on Twitter, 007 Minute. Uh, You know how to do the hashtag stuff. Go out there and do that. We will be back here with more uh, hovercraft action (laughs) on the 007 Minute. Anyway, be back here, just like Bert Saxby. Bert Saxby? Yeah. Tell him he's fired.